Atomic! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Atomic Shark, the show where not even anime is safe from the lobotomies of the asylum. I am your host Tyler and joining me is professional titan killer, Justin. What's going on, dude? Uh, I forgot I was supposed to come up with a way to introduce myself. Hi! <laughs> well... Well, to be fair, I kind of make these up, and and uh, I don't really go over uh, the things I come up with on the fly, but it's whatever. It's fine. So, yeah, uh, this week we'll be looking at the second-to-last film featuring the Mega Shark. I thought it was the last one at first, but then I realized, oh, shit, the last one is just a big old monster mash. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So, yeah. Wait, what? He'll be facing... Yeah, we got uh, Mega Shark versus... Uh, giant gorilla uh, whatever it's called what like there's one more mega shark film after this and it's the big one that's literally just the ripoff of godzilla versus kong oh that's that's mega shark because it's just called ape versus monster or something oh is that what it was okay then yeah this is the last uh, mega shark movie uh I'm, i must have got my wires crossed i so, thought you knew that, something i didn't yeah that would have been something right? right but yeah uh this time, the Mega Shark will be going off against Colossus, or as I like to call it, Attack on Titties. So, <laughs> let's get right into the statistics, shall we? Uh, so, this is Mega Shark versus Colossus with a K because Mortal Kombat is all the rage. You've said the title like five times, and we're three minutes into this episode. <laughs> I'll say it one more time Mega Shark versus Colossus. This is directed by Christopher Douglas Olin Ray. That is a bunch of names. Written by Edward DeRuiter, starring Elena Douglas, Amy Ryder, Brody Hutzler, Hutzler, and Team Unicorn. Yeah, that is an actual credit on the on the poster. Uh, distributed by The Asylum, released July 7, 2015, with a runtime of 90 minutes. So, uh, yeah, this one's interesting, to say the least. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I I don't want to, like, you know, blow my load with this review or anything, but I actually liked it. Like, I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, it's definitely much more fun than a lot of the other films we've reviewed so far. Yeah. But, you know, that isn't asking for much. Um, so Because it's right up front, I do want to say a quick thing about the Team Unicorn. Um, I didn't know that's how they were credited, but I did make multiple comments about the, um, the weirdly out-of-place leather-clad sub-pilots. That, that's as hot as it sounds, for one. Um, but also, I I thought they looked vaguely familiar. And, like, I looked up the various, you know, ladies that are that basically, like, start the movie off. And they're all, like, geeky cosplay girls that have popped up on various, like, uh, like Nerdist channel videos and things like that. Um... So like I've just I've seen them in in various online things and I don't know why they're in this or why the movie decided to put them in skimpy leather outfits uh but it's it's a strong start I'll say that <laughs> Oh yeah definitely So uh with that in mind let's get started with that plot synopsis shall we synopsis So the movie <laughs> sure, opens sure, sure. over the movie opens over a year after the last one, and the world is completely fucked. The economy is in shambles, people are too afraid to go near the ocean, and Russia is illegally mining minerals from other countries. Team Unicorn of the United Nations are countered by a Russian boat mining for red mercury, 
and they finished and they fished up another megalon go figure they fight the shark but their torpedoes do nothing and they get bodied hard they're also in cute like like mini mecha sharks yeah I'm pretty sure they're on loan from the last movie, but yeah. it's neither here or there. They're Mark Threes. Yeah, the, the Mini Shark Mark Three trademark Tony Stark, but I'm surprised you got through that without stuttering. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a rarity right there. <laughs> you didn't even have to edit that part. I know. So anyway, uh, one of the Team Unicorn ladies attaches herself to the shark and blows herself up, but that's about as effective as a fart in the wind. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Like. She's like, I'm, I've got one more chance. I'm going to blow myself up and take the shark with me. And the shark just swims off. Yeah, it's almost as if nothing works on these things. Right. So yeah, afterwards, a whole bunch of Russian mer- mercenaries discover a hidden cryogenic lab and find a vat of red mercury in a man-made monster known as Colossus. It wakes up. The undercover CIA agent named King manages to get away. I... I was kind of glad, though, like, there was a um, a very stereotypical, objectifying Russian named Ivan. Of course. Like, the, the most stereotype you could be. And he kept saying, like, gross things about King. Like, he, he offered to, uh, he offered her a job. He said something like, I have very many positions I want to put you in. And, like, I, I, I was really worried that it was going to be that kind of movie. And then he gets crushed by Colossus and it's fine. Yeah, everything worked out in the end. It's all good. Yeah. So after we're introduced to those characters, we're introduced to Dr. Allison Gray, who suggests that the Megalons keep coming back via asexual reproduction, which begs the question why the shark was so horny in the last movie, but no no worries, it's uh, fine. Life, uh, life, life uh, finds a way. Ah, yes, ah, <laughs> life finds a way. Checkmate. So yeah, uh, Dr. Bullock suggests the plan to destroy the sharks, and the lazy-eyed Admiral lets him on his team. Meanwhile, King is suspended from secret agent stuff after failing to keep the red mercury from the Russians and unleashing a giant robot. I assume that, uh, you know, not being able to destroy a giant robot on the fly would be able to get you fired from your job. Yes, whatever. (laughs) Dr. Gray is invited by the CEO of Dame Tech, named Dame, who suggests the Megalon is a natural force of Earth that needs to be studied? Oh, you don't say. I immediately, like, kind of figured out his whole shtick. Because he, he had the whole, I'm not my father, I'm a good guy stereotype. And, like, at this point in the movie, um, I wrote in my notes, he's either going to be good and get killed, or be secretly evil with his own agenda. Like, just calling it now. You'd be surprised how right you'd be, but we'll get to that when we get to that. King learns from a cowardly scientist named Spencer that Colossus is a robot from the Cold War powered by red mercury that autonomously blows itself up and survives. Kind of like Kid Boo from Dragon Ball Z, how he destroys other planets and just regenerates himself from pink goop. Sure. So yeah, uh, she, she basically kidnaps the poor schmuck in, uh, in a bid to help her stop it. Admiral Jackson and his fleet intercept Megashark but it once again proves way too strong. King's jet gets hit by a reflected torpedo, because of course they have to reflect the torpedoes every movie, and wakes up in Gray's lab. She ro- she relocates her dislocated arm like a badass and gears up for battle. I love King. 
She's great. Yeah, she's great. She's queen. Yeah, like, there's only one other female king that I'm aware of that's that badass, and it's King from King of Fighters. King is a... And yes. She? Yeah, King's Lady. That's like the big reveal in the original Art of Fighting, uh, where you beat her with a special move and her shirt rips open, and you see her bra, and it's like, oh shit, that's a lady. Oh, okay. They pull a Samus on us, that's interesting. Yeah, you'd like King, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Uh, the good the good guys learn that Colossus has a set path to its creator's old homes, and Dame's team teams up with the CAA Dudo to find Sergei Abram. I'm butchering this Abramov. name super hard. Abramov, thank you. Admiral Jackson and his platoon take another swing at killing the shark with the big-ass explosions, but it only manages to piss it off. Allison does the passive I-told-you-so speech, but nobody gives a shit. I, King and Spencer find... I liked uh, Admiral Jackson... He he was just like a like a sassy black guy, and he was he was a lot of fun. He's easily the worst actor in the movie, though, because oh yeah, yeah he he pretty much just announces like I am going to do this thing, and also uh, shift my eye this way. I don't know why. Yeah, he shouts everything like he's a budget Sam Jackson, but which I mean, his name is Admiral Jackson. Like it, it he very probably was doing an impression. Um, probably but yeah he was he was really bad I just I loved his character I don't know oh yeah it's entertaining in a strange way yeah so yeah uh King and Spencer find Abramov and find that he's pretty much Russian Serizawa from 54 Gojira except he did not sacrifice himself with the knowledge of the weapon he created uh you probably didn't know this but there's a dude named uh Serizawa in the original Godzilla that pretty much made a weapon to destroy Godzilla but he sacrificed himself in the act uh, making sure that no one else would make the oxygen destroyer ever again oh okay um I liked this guy too though like his accent was a little too thick I couldn't tell if it was real or not but because I had subtitles on it was fine and I I liked it his first line like he he comes into the bar or cafe or diner or whatever it is that they're all hiding in um, with like a like a shotgun and points it at them and he says if you're trespassing it's okay stealing vodka we have a problem yeah that's that's a pretty badass uh, line right, right there strong first impression so yeah uh king coaxes him to help stop colossus but he's killed by a soldier aid before he can give them the answer Colossus shows up and nearly wipe out the duo with his chest lasers, but for they somehow outrun it. Don't understand why. Main character immunity, I guess. Dr. Gray throws up her arms and says, Fuck it, and lets Jackson use her shark-suppressing doohickey to find the Megalodon. It works for a bit, but the machine breaks down before they can finish it off and the shark gets away again. Jackson takes Dr. Bullock to a computer core, shoots one of the sailors, and made the automatic weapon system fire a nuke at the Mega Shark. He kills himself, and the trooper that questioned his authority earlier throughout the movie warns Dane and Allison that the nuke will launch in five minutes. So, that came out of nowhere, right? It was a surprising twist, but it also felt, yeah, it really came out of nowhere. Like, it it felt like they had limited runtime. And so, like, they don't have time to explain, like, Jackson's reasoning. He just makes the decisions and then shoots himself before he can talk. <laughs> that's that's like if Captain Ahab harpooned himself before he got to Moby Dick. Yeah. 
It's like he has a shoot first, ask questions later, but instead it's shoot first, never give answers. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, uh, they get out of the blast radius and the lady makes the bombs detonate early. Mega Shark chases Allison's boat because she's on her own for some reason, and the Navy managed to trap it in an inlet, which leaves the problem of Colossus. Spencer gives up on himself since he couldn't figure out the riddle Abernov left behind, but they find out that the compass he had points to where the Red Mercury is, the Black Sea. Too bad they trapped the Mega Shark in the Black Sea. Oops. Yeah, I will say, like, as, as much as I did actually enjoy this movie because of the character antics and stuff, it's another one, like, Mega Shark versus Krakosaurus that feels like two totally separate movies that are just kind of smushed together. Yeah. Because, like, the Colossus stuff and the Mega Shark stuff don't really come together until, like, the very end. And a lot of those characters don't really interact with each other until the very end, outside of a few key scenes. It's almost as if they had uh, two separate drafts for completely different movies, but... They didn't have time to film two movies, so they just smushed two scripts together. Yeah. That's what this feels like a little bit. Yeah, because they're both villains. Like, both monsters are, are like, unrelated and destroying things around them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even... I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but they don't even really fight, like, naturally. Yeah, like, uh, the shark doesn't even have hands, whereas uh, Colossus of the K totally does. Like, he could throw punches, but all the shark can do is just awkwardly lunge at him and hit him with his tail fin or whatever. And you Probably a few bites here and there. And you wouldn't think Colossus would do well underwater, but, you know, here we are. Yeah, underwater fights are usually how these go. Yup. So the plan is that uh, they lure Colossus using an uh, American flag on an aircraft. King ejects and the shark is blinded by the flag, and the two monsters duke it out under the sea. The team make it under the Sea Lab 2021 and find Colossus' remote be uh, before the battle wrecks the lab. They connect the remote to Dane's magic supercomputer and Colossus is under their control. The day is saved! Except that Dane is actually an asshole and holds everyone at gunpoint. Oh. So yeah. Real quick, a few things. Um, this is around where I fell in love with King because um, she had a moment where, like, you know, in, in the... the little dinky prop plane where she's flying around with an American flag in tow and comes across this Russian robot and just says, hello, comrade. <laughs> and then, you know, you said the, the flag came off, uh, uh, distracted the shark, all this. And um, they all meet back up in the underwater sub or whatever. And King runs in and yells, calm your tatas. I'm here. Yeah, man, she's great. Yeah. She got the best lines. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, Dane's a dick. Uh, he, uh, it, and it turns out that he hired the mercenaries from before to obtain the Red Mercury, and he sabotaged the suppressor thingy beforehand. He probes the Mega Sharp and proclaims that the world, to the world that he controls the two monsters, and that they should join his cause before the world is destroyed. As, as surprised, I mean, it wasn't surprising. I knew he was going to be evil, but... As interesting as this guy's plan was, even though it was poorly explained, I kind of still wish it would have somehow either, like, been Nero or included Nero in some way. Because, like, you have this, oh, this yeah, like, right. powerful tech guy that's utilizing technology 
to control these two monsters and this, you know, artificial intelligence from the last movie that feels like a like it was left off, you know, unfinished from the last movie because you said you just put it in the USB and called it a day. Like, this feels like the perfect time to have brought it back and, like, had, you know, used Nero to take control of them. And then, like, the, the AI takes control of Colossus instead or something and, like, fights back. Like, you know, they, they could have done something there. But, Justin, we've already been over this. The Asylum is the land of missed opportunity. Yeah, I know. That, it was just kind of a bummer. Like, it was all set up so perfectly for that. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. But... It is what it is. So yeah. Uh, King breaks Spencer's thumb, leading to their escape. So yeah, that was a little entertaining bit right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all in handcuffs, and uh, he pretty much uh, takes Spencer's uh, thumb and just fucking breaks it. He cries out, and one of the armed guards dumbly comes over, and then she just slams the dude, and they all escape. But more specifically, she says... Um... Okay, I'm gonna need you to not scream. And he goes, why would I scream? And then she breaks his thumb. <laughs> yeah, man, she don't fuck around. Yeah. She could break my thumb any day, if you know what I mean. I don't know what He's I mean. He's not single, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I mean. Why am I talking? Why are any of us talking? That's the whole point of the show, right? That's true. So yeah, the government tries to use a satellite laser to destroy J- Dane's ship. But he makes Colossus throw the Megalodon into space to divert it. Yeah. So, yeah. That happened. He he friggin' yeets the shark into space. It's great. Like, I don't know if it one-ups uh, the shark jumping bits from, uh, from uh, uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the effects are still pretty bad, especially in the end. It's like they didn't expect anyone to get this far, even though this is probably the best movie of the bunch. Oh, yeah. It's almost as if they had no faith. Yeah. So the shark somehow breaks free and makes Colossus lose control, and it blasts the ship, leaving them, leaving it to stomp uh, Dane to death. The monsters fight again, but Colossus self-destructs, killing it and the shark. But wait, isn't it supposed to come back? Ah, who cares? Movie's over. The day is saved, but the film ends with another Megalodon rising from the wreckage. And the post credit scene shows Dr. Bullock, yeah, I remember him, getting eaten by the new shark, and we see the text, Mega Shark will return. Like it's an MCU film or something. Yeah. I was gonna mention that, because you said, like, he's got one more appearance. And I saw that end credits thing too, and I looked it up, because this movie came out in 2015. There's no more. Like, it's 2021, and there hasn't been another Mega Shark movie yet. Even though we had, like, five of them between 2010 and 2015. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. It is strange. <laughs> I thought maybe there's one that's, like, not called Mega Shark versus you know, something that we might have missed when I was making this list, but I'm pretty sure we didn't miss any. Yeah, we pretty much uh, covered most of the important Asylum Monster movies, at least the ones that are direct ripoffs. Yeah. Yeah, because there's plenty of other things, like, you know, obviously the Sharknado movies and, like, there's like a they have a lot of shark things. There's like the multiple headed shark. Like there's like a two headed shark and the three headed shark, and then you know each sequel is it adds a head. Um, and there's things like that, but I haven't seen another mega shark. So yeah, it is strange. Or maybe they're trying to workshop a new mega shark film in the case that uh, giant eight versus monster 
does well, but let's face it, these movies don't do well. No. They're direct to DVD schlock. So yeah, um, I guess that leaves us to uh, the characters themselves and our direct thoughts on mm-hmm. them. Uh, obviously, the best one is King because she is the badassliest badass we've seen in these movies so far. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not a word, but I don't give a shit. She's pretty great. Everyone else, though, it's kind of hit or miss. I liked them enough. Um, I actually, like, I unironically enjoyed Dane, the, the smarmy tech villain. Because, like, he's totally overacted. And, like, he's just that, like, stereotypical, like, okay, yeah, this guy is definitely going to be evil. I mean, he talks about being the good guy and not like his dad. But then, like, the first thing he does is hacks the scientist's emails. But for, for good. He does it for good reason. So it's okay. For my good. Yeah. Uh, but, like, once he finally gets just gets to be himself and, like, explain his evil plan and stuff, it's like, all right, I, I can dig this overacting villain type. Yeah, he goes full ham at the mm-hmm. end, and that's something that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. But before them, he's just kind of the, oh, I'm not my father, I'm totally not evil type of dude. Like, you know what this character's all about. Yeah. Eh, it's serviceable. I can respect that. I respect Hammy acting as much as the other guy. And like I said, I, I liked the, the sassy admiral, even though he... I said it right. Even though he uh, was a terrible actor. Yeah. Like, he could have been like any other admiral that we've seen in these movies. Like, And he is pretty angry at everything, but he's just so entertaining with his wooden acting mm-hmm. that it's just on a completely different level. Yeah. Spencer was okay, actually. Like, he was kind of nothing, but as the, like, you know, useless foil, like, comedic relief, I kind of enjoyed his bumbling. Yeah. Like, he does have some good bits here and there, and as comedic relief, he does work in a movie like Mm -hmm. this, I feel. Um, and then honestly, like, you know, it, it wasn't a main character, but I thought Abramov was really cool because, like, he actually gave some s- kind of interesting, like, backstory lore stuff for Colossus, which these movies usually don't yeah. do. Like, that they, it, it kind of felt like there was a reason that this thing had been created. And, like, I was just kind of surprised because it wasn't just, oh, we found this shark frozen in ice. Let's kill it. Like, there was a lot more depth to it. Yeah. Uh, Abernov's explanation to uh, Colossus Origins really took me aback because this is an explanation that you would find in like a Toho monster movie mm-hmm. or something. Like uh, the origins of Godzilla and uh, how humanity was uh, wrong to make the mistakes they did which led to its creation. You know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a movie like this, that's a bit more ambitious than what I was expecting and you know, kudos. I appreciate that. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, it all meant nothing because in the end, all, all these movies kind of spend the last five minutes just quickly wrapping everything up. And so, like, you never really get any payoff for any good character moments or anything like that. Um, I mean, the main villain gets just, like, squished by Colossus with no fanfare. The heroes get five seconds of, of one-liner, like, victory chat, and then it goes to credits. But, like, the ride along the way was a lot of fun, and I think a lot of that was because of the characters. 
Oh yeah, um, it was it was a fun ride all the way. I agree. Uh, there wasn't any boring bits at all, Mm-mm. and uh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, we should probably talk about the monsters next. Uh, probably not so much Mega Shark, uh, although he did get a bit of a graphical facelift. I think he looks a little better than he did before, but still kind of looks like cheap CG garbage. Yeah. Colossus is probably a bit more interesting because it's literally just a robotic automaton with uh, the more intricate backstory than what we're used to in these movies, again. Uh, the thing that does kind of uh, offset me with his design is that it's literally just a colossal titan. Like, it's like they looked at episode one of Attack on Titan and were like, oh yeah, we're using that for this movie. Like, it's so unabashedly that yeah like it, it's distracting and i mean i don't really know anything about attack on titan like i've seen those and i i understood like the similarity but at first i thought it was kind of looked dumb and kind of kind of fake uh but like the more i saw it the more i actually kind of liked the design because like basically the way it works is it's a lot of metal plating like it looks very like low-tech you know russian and like old russian at all like back with the space race and everything um, but it's got like metal plates on kind of at, at joint points, like shoulders, knees, feet, that kind of thing. And then in between is like what looks like muscle tendons, but it's made out of like wires and cords and stuff. So it's actually kind of a unique look, like compared to just a giant shark or a giant crocodile. Like you, there was kind of some thought put into it. Of, you know, how is this thing functioning and how do we kind of build it in a way that looks like, looks realistic. It's still ugly. Like, it's got a dumb face. Uh, like I said, it, it's, the effects aren't great. But, like, at least it's somewhat of a unique design, even if it's basically an Attack on Titan creature. Yeah. It's basically the most unique design that we've seen in an Asylum movie so far. And by mm-hmm. unique, I mean it's not just an enlarged animal. Yeah. Because, you know, that gets old pretty quickly. So it is a breath of fresh air. But it's also, like, it's a bomb, which is kind of interesting. Like, the origin is basically, like, a... Like, the Russians created a a bomb robot just kind of as a security measure. (laughs) And so the whole point of, like, trying to originally lure it over to the Mega Shark was to, like use it to blow up the shark you know going back to the dragon ball z comparison it kind of reminds me of uh how the androids had uh bombs planted inside them just in case so yeah that's another illusion there i'm sure you don't get it nope that'll be it for mega shark versus colossus i am saying the title again because fuck <laughs> you how shardy is this movie i'm not gonna lie i mean it's gonna be like a one like this is just shy of being a pretty okay movie. And on the shark scale, that's a one. <laughs> yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I would say this is a one as well. It's close to being a competent movie. Yeah. But, you know, it has the asylum name attached to it. So mm-hmm. there has to be a modicum of uh, trash to be expected. Uh, the characters are interesting. Uh the monster design is a bit more unique than what we've seen so far. And uh, it's not boring at all. Like, there's a whole bunch of dumb moments. And 
a lot of exciting things happening that you're just glued to the screen the entire time. Yeah. So And I'll say like as as cheap as the effects still look, like I watched this one upstairs on the sixty five inch four K TV. It was fine. Like, I mean, it doesn't look terribly out of place in four K. Four K? Alright, uh, that'll do for this week's episode. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the list again because I keep forgetting <laughs> what uh, movies the years are. We jumped forward uh, in time a little bit. They had a few years without any big monster movies. Uh, next up is, for real this time, I might have flubbed it up in the previous episode. So the next we meet, it will be for Atlantic Rim Resurrection. We're going back to the Atlantic Rim job. So until then, Justin, where can the fine people find you? You can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, me and Ben are going to start streaming Resident Evil 5. It's yes. official. 5-1. I'm excited. Um, yes. On Thursdays for the next few weeks before I start up Skyward Sword HD. And also all of us boys, um, kind of including Tyler, played uh, the new... Dark Alliance game from from the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and there's some content from that on the channel. And I also cut together just like some highlights and stuff with my own little edits on my YouTube page. Uh, so check that out. Nice, nice. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Tie. Check the pinned tweet for the newest episode of Tire Shoes Reviews, which I finally got around to finish editing. Ooh. It will be... On Star Wars, Masters of Tereshisai. Oh no, not that game. But anyway, uh, that'll be it for us. So until next time, guys, stay charged. Or stay shardy. There you go. Edit that out. Use that <laughs> one. No, I'm leaving it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs>